Section sixteen of Confessions, Volumes three and four. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Confessions, Volumes three and four, by Jean Jacques Rousseau. Anonymously translated. Section sixteen how much did paris disappoint the idea i had formed of it the exterior decorations i had seen at turin the beauty of the streets the symmetry and regularity of the houses contributed to this disappointment since i concluded that paris must be infinitely superior I had figured to myself a splendid city, beautiful as large, of the most commanding aspect, whose streets were ranges of magnificent palaces, composed of marble and gold. On entering the Faubourg Saint-Marceau, I saw nothing but dirty, stinking streets filthy black houses an air of slovenliness and poverty beggars carters butchers cries of diet drink and old hats this struck me so forcibly that all i have seen since of real magnificence in paris could never erase this first impression which has ever given me a particular disgust to residing in that capital and i may say the whole time i remained there afterwards was employed in seeking resources which might enable me to live at a distance from it this is the consequence of too lively imagination which exaggerates even beyond the voice of fame and ever expects more than is told i have heard paris so flatteringly described that i pictured it like the ancient babylon which perhaps had i seen i might have found equally faulty and unlike that idea the account had conveyed the same thing happened at the opera-house to which i hastened the day after my arrival i was sensible of the same deficiency at versailles and some time after on viewing the sea i am convinced this would ever be the consequence of a too flattering description of any object for it is impossible for man and difficult even for nature herself to surpass the riches of my imagination by the reception i met with from all those to whom my letters were addressed i thought my fortune was certainly made the person who received me the least kindly was m de surbeck to whom i had the warmest recommendation he had retired from the service 
and lived philosophically at bagneux where i waited on him several times without his offering me even a glass of water i was better received by madame de merveilleux sister-in-law to the interpreter and by his nephew who was an officer in the guards the mother and son not only received me kindly but offered me the use of their table which favour i frequently accepted during my stay at paris madame de merveilleux appeared to have been handsome her hair was of a fine black which according to the old mode she wore curled on the temples she still retained what do not perish with a set of features the beauties of an amiable mind she appeared satisfied with mine and did all she could to render me service but no one seconded her endeavours and i was presently undeceived in the great interest they had seemed to take in my affairs i must however do the french nation the justice to say they do not so exhaust themselves with protestations as some have represented and that those they make are usually sincere but they have a manner of appearing interested in your affairs which is more deceiving than words the gross compliments of the swiss can only impose upon fools the manners of the french are more seducing and at the same time so simple that you are persuaded they do not express all they mean to do for you in order that you may be the more agreeably surprised i will say more they are not false in their protestations being naturally zealous to oblige humane benevolent and even whatever may be said to the contrary more sincere than any other nation but they are too flighty in effect they feel the sentiments they profess for you but that sentiment flies off as instantaneously as it was formed in speaking to you their whole attention is employed on you alone when absent you are forgotten nothing is permanent in their hearts all is the work of the moment thus i was greatly flattered but received little service colonel godard for whose nephew i was recommended proved to be an avaricious old wretch who on seeing my distress though he was immensely rich wished to have my services for nothing meaning to place me with his nephew rather as a valet without wages than a tutor he represented that as i was to be continually engaged with him i should be excused from duty and might live on my cadet's allowance that is to say on the pay of a soldier 
hardly would he consent to give me a uniform thinking the clothing of the army might serve madame de merveilleux provoked at his proposals persuaded me not to accept them her son was of the same opinion something else was to be thought on but no situation was procured meantime i began to be necessitated for the hundred livres with which i had commenced my journey could not last much longer happily i received a small remittance from the ambassador which was very serviceable nor do i think he would have abandoned me had i possessed more patience but languishing waiting soliciting are to me impossible i was disheartened displeased and thus all my brilliant expectations came once more to nothing i had not all this time forgotten my dear madame de varence but how was i to find her where should i seek her madame de merveilleux who knew my story assisted me in the search but for a long time unavailingly at length she informed me that madame de varence had set out from paris about two months before but it was not known whether for savoy or turin and that some conjectured she was gone to switzerland nothing further was necessary to fix my determination to follow her certain that wherever she might be i stood more chance of finding her at those places than i could possibly do at paris before my departure i exercised my new poetical talent in an epistle to colonel godard whom i ridiculed to the utmost of my abilities i showed this scribble to madame de merveilleux who instead of discouraging me as she ought to have done laughed heartily at my sarcasms as well as her son who i believe did not like m godard indeed it must be confessed he was a man not calculated to obtain affection i was tempted to send him my verses and they encouraged me in it accordingly i made them up in a parcel directed to him and there being no post then at paris by which i could conveniently send this i put it in my pocket and sent it to him from auxerre as i passed through that place i laugh even yet sometimes at the grimaces i fancy he made on reading this panegyric where he was certainly drawn to the life it began thus tu croyais vieux peinard qu'une folle manie d'élever ton neveu m'inspirerait l'envie
this little piece which it is true was but indifferently written did not want for salt and announced a turn for satire it is notwithstanding the only satirical writing that ever came from my pen i have too little hatred in my heart to take advantage of such a talent but i believe it may be judged from those controversies in which from time to time i have been engaged in my own defence that had i been of a vindictive disposition my adversaries would rarely have had the laughter on their side what i most regret is not having kept a journal of my travels being conscious that a number of interesting details have slipped my memory for never did i exist so completely never live so thoroughly never was so much myself if i dare use the expression as in those journeys made on foot walking animates and enlivens my spirits i can hardly think when in a state of inactivity my body must be exercised to make my judgment active the view of a fine country a succession of agreeable prospects a free air a good appetite and the health i gained by walking the freedom of inns and the distance from everything that can make me recollect the dependence of my situation conspire to free my soul and give boldness to my thoughts throwing me in a manner into the immensity of beings where i combine choose and appropriate them to my fancy without constraint or fear i dispose of all nature as i please my heart wandering from object to object approximates and unites with those that please it is surrounded by charming images and becomes intoxicated with delicious sensations if attempting to render these permanent i am amused in describing to myself what glow of colouring what energy of expression do i give them it has been said that all these are to be found in my works though written in the decline of life oh had those of my early youth been seen those made during my travels composed but never written why did i not write them will be asked and why should i have written them i may answer why deprive myself of the actual charm of my enjoyments to inform others what i enjoyed what to me were readers the public or all the world while i was mounting the empyrean besides 
did i carry pens paper and ink with me had i recollected all these not a thought would have occurred worth preserving i do not foresee when i shall have ideas they come when they please and not when i call for them either they avoid me altogether or rushing in crowds overwhelm me with their force and number ten volumes a day would not suffice barely to enumerate my thoughts how then should i find time to write them in stopping i thought of nothing but a hearty dinner on departing of nothing but a charming walk i felt that a new paradise awaited me at the door and eagerly leaped forward to enjoy it never did i experience this so feelingly as in the perambulation i am now describing on coming to paris i had confined myself to ideas which related to the situation i expected to occupy there i had rushed into the career i was about to run and should have completed it with tolerable eclat but it was not that my heart adhered to some real beings obscured my imagined ones colonel godard and his nephew could not keep pace with a hero of my disposition thank heaven i was soon delivered from all these obstacles and could enter at pleasure into the wilderness of chimeras for that alone remained before me and i wandered in it so completely that i several times lost my way but this was no misfortune i would not have shortened it for feeling with regret as i approached lyon that i must again return to the material world i should have been glad never to have arrived there end of section sixteen recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey